Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, a twice-weekly show about the show Too Beautiful to Live. On Fridays, we often take you down TBTL memory lane, including interviews with fans, clip shows of their TBTL or our Little Red Bandwagon show. Uh, Sometimes we do a pop culture challenge. Sometimes we unbox things. But this is a Monday, so we're bringing you a recap of last week's TBTL. My name is Mike Frizzell. Veteran podcasts are coming to you from the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manchac, Texas. Joining me from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with a plan, Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Mike. And from the brand new Frisbee Belt Studios in Kenmore, New York, it's Bobby Mixmaster Pape. How are you doing, Bobby? I am doing all right, sir. We need to... Uh edit your intro just lately now it's a twice weekly ish podcast. <laughs> right right i should have said that how do you i mean there's got to be a really technical term we can bore people with you know well for... it's it's weekly and then fortnightly ish <laughs> that's too much ish i don't think the lady scientists are gonna they're gonna be down with the ish they want a number you know your your six to seven times a month podcast. <laughs> your there point seven three nine times a week. Uh, so as always, we will talk our LRB business, of which we have some today, and then we'll give you our sizzling hot takes. We'll keep some house and let you know how to get involved. And I think uh, Bobby is handling our business this morning. Apparently, I am. Uh, first. Uh, want to plug the friday show our most recent episode before this i'm stalling because there were so many different things covered in that episode that i want to make (laughs) sure that i go back and look at the description to cover them all in case you haven't listened uh it was a family affair was the three of us and christy uh for a month end roundup of things that we just didn't get to for one reason or another um in the month we're going to try doing that every last friday um you got the winner of our seven-way candy melee we talked about bad candy. We talked about more pet nicknames. You guys read your oldest emails, uh, Mike, you and Chris. We talked about your mom. I don't remember talking about your mom, Bobby. We <laughs> talked bad candy. Yeah, we got to get off the candy run on this show because <laughs> I it's given me nightmares uh, and a bunch of other things. So uh, if you haven't listened to Friday's show, it's a good one. And since we're not going to be putting one out every Friday, now you have even less of an excuse because you've got time. This Friday, when there's a hole in your heart that's shaped like uh, an episode of LRB, go fill it with that episode. And if you're caught up, just go into the archives and, you know, listen to anything. In fact, this made me cringe, but I recently went back and listened to episode three, which was my interview episode. And it's terrifying. Um, (laughs) My my equipment is jacked up. What got to you? Well, that was the Frisbee belt. That was when we, we had a long conversation about growing up in the Frisbee belt. Uh-huh. And um, uh, I gave my cat rolling lesson. And right. we went through the history of all that. Um, I only got about two two thirds of the way through it, actually, because it's a two hour long episode. Mm. And it felt that's like how we did it back it in felt the day. like four hours. Come on. Sometimes <laughs> that's still how we do it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just go pick something from the archives. Uh, also, I'm going to be in Austin next week. I just remembered yay, that I'm still on LRB business. <laughs> going to see Mike uh, and anyone else who's in the area on Saturday at 3 p.m. We're meeting at Moon Tower. You can see Little Red Bandwagon's Facebook page 
for that Facebook event. I've also put it in the Stens page. It was promptly buried by things about people being trees and love and crying and happiness and sadness and fish sandwiches. But uh, Moon Tower, 3 o'clock Saturday, come hang out. It happens to be Cinco de Mayo, but I'm assuming we're going to get there before the shit show really kicks in. Yeah, I imagine so. Uh, and you have shout outs. I do have a couple of shout outs um, because I think that they're important to talk about all the cool people that I meet through the course of doing this show. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we got a really great email from uh, Sarah who had some um, interesting, not criticisms, but thoughts about the show. And then since then, she and I have uh, been e- emailing back and forth about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She said because of the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend show, she started listening to it. And she's like, oh, my God, Anne, how did you not give away all the spoilers on the show? And I was like, right um so that's been super fun to talk to sarah about that stuff and then also just this week i got a message from listener sadie who is a mostly silent 10 and silent wagoneer who also started watching crazy ex-girlfriend and she's like this is the best show too bad for bobby and mike that they just don't get it and so she and i have been messaging back and forth this week too and it's so nice to find people who get me and also, Sadie has a very cute dog that she posted a picture of along with all uh, her nicknames for it in our pet nickname thread. So um, mm-hmm. I had a really good time looking at that. So I just wanted to say hey to my girls, Sarah and Sadie. I've had a blast talking to you guys. Sadie, I'm sorry you got the impression that I didn't like the show. I enjoyed it. It just, the genre is re- really not my thing. So I, I did my assignment. I enjoyed my assignment. Mm-hmm. And, and I, then you and decided I even to... queued up the ninth episode. Uh-huh. And But I just didn't, once I realized, I don't know, once I realized I could have been watching the NFL Network instead of a musical, <laughs> I I switched over to the NFL Network. And that doesn't mean it's not a great show. It's a great mm-hmm. show. It's just not my thing. Yep. You watched it. Then you decided that you would save it for the future in case you needed to weaponize it against me. And at that point, I was like, well, fuck you. I'm done with this. Watch it. Don't watch it. I don't care. I'm going to talk about it with people who like it. Well, I hope I get a couple of nice messages from people who, who've who decided to watch the Super Bowl this year. This coming <laughs> year. You, I'm sure you have your group of people that watch the mind-numbing spectacle of the NFL draft, and you can all talk about it together. I watched nearly every second. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh... As as Mike knows, there was an emotional moment for Buffalo Bills fans as part of that live draft coverage. Yeah, I think I cried during the draft. Uh, Pancho Bila. Oh. Uh, I'm not even going to explain that, uh, and you're just going to have to watch or feel left out. Good, because it was probably dumb. Ooh. Oh, I'm feeling you're... aggressive today. <laughs> yeah. If if only if only it wasn't about a. A dying cancer victim's wish coming true. <laughs> eh. People die of cancer every day. Wow. It's an interesting <laughs> intro to a dark week at TBTL. I've taken this tack and now I'm starting to regret it just a little bit. <laughs> uh, we have a throw your phone moment. We have several. Uh, some we're going to read through this episode. Some we're going to save for the next uh, month end roundup. And one I'm going to read right now. And that's from listener Kate. It's a little long, but the whole thing is worth reading because it's a double hug my phone i didn't even know that was possible uh she writes i was of course tickled to finally get my own uh on air thank you on 420 
in past years, they've just said my name because they find it easy to pronounce. So in this year, they used my last name as a verb, which she says parenthetically I had never heard before. I was laughing out loud. Now my husband will have to put up with me saying, he got dunkleed, or that, quote, <laughs> I was dunkleeing all over the place. So this was great. But then Mike brought it up on the recap. He wrote it down to remember to mention how much he likes using my name as if it's a basketball term. My phone was hugged so hard, it may as well have been thrown. Thanks, GL Dude, for making my day. Oh, I, you're welcome. I should mention that the closest my name has ever been associated with basketball, other than being a big fan of the game, is when my high school track teammates gave me the nickname Slam, which, of course, was short for Slam Dunkley. My older brother was also called Slam by his wrestling teammates. Power out. Kate, KT, Katie, Slam, Doc, Dr. Homie, Kadunks, Dunks, Dunkley. And uh, with that, I believe we just got Dunkleyed. <laughs> you know, um, I think it was a probably a wise choice to choose sports other than basketball if your last name is Dunkley and you can't dunk. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a, it was good to steer into the cross country or the wrestling, assuming that these the the Dunkleys weren't high flyers. You know, I mean, if if you could dunk and your name was Dunkley, you're required to play basketball. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm making you play. But if you can't dunk, it's a good move to to siphon off into something that you're you're better at, and then you can use use the metaphor. You know, this is why so many of my Canadian family is nicknamed Sweeper. Right. <laughs> oh, I love curling. I was watching curling yesterday when the draft wasn't on. So there, Anne. God, your I'll life watch is anything. so full. It's rich. It's a rich <laughs> tapestry. Curling is great. It's it's like um what it's like one and a half steps above bowling on athleticism. So you don't have to be buff. It's probably right between bowling and baseball for like how in shape you have to be to enjoy it as a recreational sport. I'm surprised more women don't like to watch men sweep. <laughs> well, that's why they don't sweep at home. I'm sorry, babe, but I've been sweeping all afternoon at the rec center. <laughs> Could you unload the dishwasher? No, I'm too tired for that, too. I just can't. Uh, and with that, I think we'll go to our weekend review, starting with Monday, 26-24, a headrest of his time. Uh I took my notes on this. It feels like so long ago that I don't know that I remember most of the episode, but here are my notes and we can fill in the gaps. I feel like I'm pulling a bit of a mic here. Um, first, we learned that the uh, the guy who was dangling out the apartment window in the back of uh, Andrew's recent Hey Dummies video may have been a contractor. It appears there's some work going on in that unit. And uh, rather than this being a homeowner or renter, I'm so dedicated to or annoyed by a splotch on his window that he just had it and went after it. Uh, it may have been somebody whose job it was to prepare this apartment for uh, habitation. Yeah. Makes sense. Because you know, why, if you're renting, why are you taking chances like that? I, I can live with the blob or I'll call the landlord and say, get this blob off my window. I've seen myself go down those, those kinds of, uh, those times when something's just bothering me so much that nothing else can get done until I fix it, though. I can mm-hmm. definitely see that happening to me. Then we drift into anxiety talk. Um, I decided to just take this as a list. Um, Smart. Andrew and Luke, anxious about garbage pickup, newspaper delivery, and, as always, parking. 
Well, I had an, a podcast idea a long time ago for for people obsessed with garbage. It's just not for me because I'm not obsessed with garbage. Uh, it's called uh, Trash Talk. And people just, you know, the, the host is like Andrew or somebody, and people call in with their with their trash problems and their recycling problems and, and all that. I, I think uh, I think it's a winner. Every, everyone has trash problems sometimes. Wouldn't you need a host who has answers, though? I mean, is this like a <laughs> like a Fraser Crane of garbage versus? Yeah, yeah, Andrew? you're right. I I use Andrew as an example, but he'd probably be more of a caller or a guest type person, right? I just um, you just need Jim Rome to host a show on Trash Talk. Yeah, yeah, it's epic. Uh, not to get confused with with Garbage Time, the Katie Nolan podcast. R.I.P. Yeah, she she stole that title, but I, we still have trash talk. Yeah, uh, have you been listening to Sports Question Mark? Katie Nolan's new podcast. No, I wasn't aware of it. It's not bad. It's extremely rambly. I would say they spend about twenty percent of their time talking about sports. I have no time for a rambly podcast. <laughs> Who has time? And you're staying conveniently quiet on this topic. No, no hot takes on Andrew's anxiety. <laughs> Well, I'm just, what is there to say about it that hasn't been said before? I mean, what is there for them to say that they haven't discussed in detail before? When I read the show description and it said garbage anxiety, I was like, oh, God damn it. I don't want to have to recap Monday because I don't want to talk about garbage anxiety. Get over it. There are other yeah. things in this world to be upset about. Are you saying that it's pretty much a garbage anxiety? Yes. Just garbage anxiety? <laughs> Look, people can't control what they're anxious about, so I should be more accepting about that. But at some point, you have to just stop yammering about it and just deal with it. Because that's what being a grown-up is about. Just deal with the garbage and deal with the fact that you're not getting the newspaper and deal with the fact that the parking is an issue. I could have told you that that parking was going to be a problem <laughs> when he was sure. talking about, oh, this parking is so much more difficult in the Roosevelt neighborhood, but I think it's going to be better than Wallingford. It's like, all right. I don't know. I just don't have any patience for Andrew's anxiety about these things that have been discussed ad nauseum. I, I don't want to listen to it the same thing, but just in a new setting. Right. And, yeah. and things that you, you totally have seen coming. Right. God, I feel like such a bitch for starting off the recap this way. Like, I don't want to hear it. Well, you ran it against the cancer victim, and now you're calling <laughs> Andrew a garbage anxiety person. Finally, my real personality comes to the forefront. Yeah. All right, Anne's Goodness. burning it down. <laughs> uh, my biggest annoyance in this segment was just that uh, the guys didn't seem to understand that you have to get the Sunday paper delivered because that's how newspapers make their money is with all the advertisers yeah. in the Sunday paper. I'm looking at a Sunday paper across the room right now, and it's just a pile of insert advertisements. It's shocking he didn't know that. Someone who works in media doesn't yeah. know that that's how that's the only way that some print is staying alive. My parents love those sunday inserts like they'll sit down at lunch and have my mom will be like well i'll make sure i get the best buy insert and the i don't know the coles insert and i want to read them like they're reading magazine articles i'm like are you kidding me gross 
who wants to read that stuff? I mean, apart from everybody, apparently, because they work. As Mike is fond of saying, they do it because it works. Mm -hmm. Right. I may find it stupid or annoying or ridiculous, but they've been doing it for decades and decades because people buy stuff. We go through this process. In fact, uh, as you know, I assembled a desk this week and I'm recording from that desk and it's just got all my stuff on it and it's very clean otherwise, except for an Olive Garden coupon sheet that Sam pulled out of the Sunday paper and put on my desk. Oh, you got to go through that. Knowing that I'm going back to Boston and I have a meeting with a, a colleague this ah. week that, and sometimes we like to just get garbage Italian food lunch for our meetings. And so she said, oh, you're... You're meeting with Jen this week. You're going to want these Olive Garden coupons. Sweet savings. Exactly. So, Jen, if you're listening, we've got $2 off two lunches. So that, I'll take that's nice. a total to thirteen ninety five at the Olive Garden. Even cheaper. I'm glad you already know this person because <laughs> if it was a first-time meeting and someone pulls out a coupon at the old Olive Garden, I might be like, oh, who am I getting in business with here? Uh, also in my periphery, and I meant to mention this earlier, I just set up, I just moved the desk this morning, so I'm getting used to this new angle and sight lines and all that. Um, and I look up and there's a shelf dedicated to cat toys. And in a <laughs> bin is just the top of a head of a Vladimir Putin doll staring hmm. at me. Ooh. It's straight ahead past my microphone. So as I'm looking in, you know, facing the microphone to talk, um, this this uh, catnip-filled Vladimir Putin is creeping the crap As if it me. has film of you getting a golden shower on some <laughs> evening that you claim not to have been in Russia, but everyone knows that you were in Russia. That story is 80% true. Well, now uh, a serious question. Do we need to stop down so that you can go and turn Vladimir's head so he's not watching you? <laughs> Sorry, Vlad. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it go. Uh, but just know that if I if I start blinking rapidly and you can hear it, uh, okay. Well, you guys, you know my distress term, right? So we'll just, it's fine. Mm -hmm. My safe word is harder. <laughs> uh, Luke tells the story of uh, an ex that should have been an ex, but wasn't an ex of a friend of theirs because they found his very unique name. Oh, that was dumb. Very unique mean the same thing. His unique name written on a Starbucks cup thrown in the bushes near the uh, the lady's house. I wasn't following that story. Uh the gist of that story is they have a friend who should have broken up with a guy who's bad for her. They were near her house. They found his name on a Starbucks cup in the bushes near their house, thus knowing he was still coming around. And apparently littering. <laughs> that's not the strongest. I mean, I wouldn't go to court with that. Right. You know? Somewhat that's circumstantial. It's not like a cell tower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but his name is Best Buy. Like how many people? True. <laughs> Right. This wasn't some guy named John or Steve or something. His name was, they didn't say it, but apparently it was something unique enough that if you see it on a Starbucks cup, you know it's his Starbucks cup. This yeah. Was, this was Blue another grass thing that... Isaac. Right. <laughs> this, this was another thing that uh, frustrated me about Monday, because apparently I was just frustrated all to heck with Monday's show, was Luke trying to tell the story without telling the story. You know, he's mm -hmm. trying to get in there without giving any details. And so, number one, it just makes people want to know more. And number two, he can't follow the story because he keeps having to sort of turn around every time he runs into a dead end where he was going to have to give more information away. Yeah, I'd rather it made just... me want to give up. I, I That's why I <laughs> didn't really follow. I'm like, if you're not really going to tell me anything, I'm going to tune this out. 
I would rather just not have the story at all than to have a half yeah. story kind of dangled in front of me. Well, mm-hmm. especially because it's a story from the past. Later this week, we have a story that's obviously fresh and sad and someone I think on the Stens page maybe made the argument that they shouldn't have bothered telling us about it if they weren't going to tell us everything about it. And I think that's bullshit, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, we get uh, Luke going to see pink martini with Misha Collins. <laughs> Everybody's favorite uh, angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have any real commentary on that other than Luke making sure we know that he hung out with Misha Collins. That they're like real, real friends now. Yeah, I mean, who else do you tour a smelting plant with? <laughs> I really like that guy, though. I've never seen him in anything, but I really liked him on TVTL. So I'm all right with Luke being good friends. Real, He's real great. friends with him. Yeah, he is a nice person. Between his unveiling on TVTL when I had no idea who he was, and now I have seen dozens of episodes of Supernatural because Sam has been marathoning it. And if I'm in the room, I'll watch it because it's a perfectly campy, goofy show, mm-hmm. actually. Um, it is not bad. And uh, he is a, a charming actor. I don't, know how, he gets his, now, I don't know how he gets his voice gravelly like that. Like, I wonder if he just smokes a pack of cigarettes before every recording, because he's got this sort of uh, husky, gravelly voice that doesn't match his beautiful face and eyes. He's got Christian Bale from Batman in his ear or whatever. Bit. Oh, better than that. Not not quite. He yeah. didn't push it quite so far as Christian yeah. Bale went. All right. So it's only a half a pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys mentioned that they think TVTL was meaner in the olden days. This is in reference to sort of um, pop culture judginess. I can see that. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe they stated their opinions with fewer apologies. I mean, Luke certainly put his foot in his mouth more in the old olden days. But Jen was always such a, a tempering force on all of that that I, I never saw Jen as mean ever, even when she was being critical of something. I think Jen was just firm. <laughs> Jen's just firm in her opinions mm-hmm. and didn't wasn't shy about it. Uh, TV theme song talk. They play a little family feud, but theme songs that people like to sing along with. Um, Boy, was Andrew not good at organizing that game. He didn't really... (laughs) This is pretty normal for him. It's just like a quiz. He likes giving them, but he's not good at organizing them. Yeah, his execution grade is usually pretty low. (laughs) Um, Not as low as Luke's inability to come up with theme songs that people like to sing. I mean, come on. Cheers was the obvious top answer to that. Yeah, Cheers was pretty obvious. I knew MASH was going to be the non... um, the non-lyrics one. Um, but I think the Golden Girls one and the um, Bosom Buddies, and there, there are others, I'm sure. I'm just not thinking of them. Those were hit songs, so it doesn't really count, you know? Because I never watched Golden Girls, but I could sing along with that song because it was a hit song well, when I was a kid. But I think, I think there's a trade-off here. Maybe it's generational, but with the Bosom Buddies song... That was a, a hit song in sort of the same era as Bosom Buddies. Mm-hmm. That Andrew Gold song is significantly older, isn't it? So it was a hit, yeah, and then it faded the away, and then they brought it back to be the Golden Girls theme song. Yeah. So there's there's a whole generation. Like I, did, I never knew it as the Andrew Gold song until later on. 
versus the Bosom Buddies song, which I knew as a Billy Joel song first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. I, well, Boy, that, that that guy really sounds like Billy Joel. I really thought that was the Billy Joel version. That they Are they allowed to sound that much like the original see, artist if they don't have the... I didn't think that it sounded that much like Billy Joel, but oh, you know. I guess I just hate Billy Joel enough to I don't listen closely enough to They him. they do this thing at my gym for the like group fitness classes that I go to. They all play soundtracks or whatever and like 40% of it is pitbull and I want to shoot myself but <laughs> they do do this thing where they have um pop hits or whatever but they're not the original artist it's clear that somebody has been employed to mimic the original artist as closely as possible so I guess they can get around those licensing issues but um, I don't know, like uh, last week, one of the instructors was talking about how she put some Aretha on there. She put respect on there. And then it came on and I was like, well, that is clearly not Aretha singing that yeah. song. So it's kind of That's cheap. her knockoff, Urethra Franklin. <laughs> I don't know. I would rather actually hear Maroon 5 than hear somebody trying to sound like Maroon 5. Right. Because it's legit. It's, it's legit shit. I sorry, I'm just writing down your wreath for Franklin. <laughs> oh, and can I say one more thing about this family feud game? Uh before we even get to the um or uh before we even get to the top TV theme songs, we have to acknowledge that this is a game Andrew set up through Twitter. He just tweeted and said, what are some of your favorite TV theme songs? So, you know, F Family Feud is always, we asked 100 people. Uh, Andrew asked 17 people. Facebook. <laughs> this was 17 answers. Like, two people came yeah. up with the Cheers song, and that made it the number one answer. That is not a way to run this kind of game at all, Andrew. Well, to me, the number one, because I'm I'm older than Andrew, and most of the the young folk on Twitter, Gilligan's Island was always my favorite. It wasn't sure, that great of a yeah. show, but, but it's really singable and it, it tells, gives you the whole setup for the show, which they like to do uh, back then. But when I heard the sample size before Luke even started to guess, I was like, I, there's a chance it won't even be on here, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Cause <laughs> like 17 people. Yeah. Then, you know, maybe there, none of these 17 people are 50 years old. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt that the demography involved in the the surveying involved was just flawed from the start. But again, Andrew put together a quiz. It would actually be fun to do this with uh, 110s. You know, we could open up mm -hmm. like a Google survey or something like we did for the candy shows and then oh, right. do a family feud. I wonder if I could figure out a way to do it as an episode of the show. Where Didn't people we could get... Over a hundred votes on the candy, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well over. Hmm. We we may be the correct people to manage this, but let's have that conversation later. Uh, <laughs> right. Because honestly, Monday's gone way longer than I thought it would. Here, uh, they kill the top stories. Shocker. Uh, and then uh, we get a voicemail from a listener who's on a conference call but blowing it off because uh, that's the way we do things now in America. It was that was cute. I liked that one. Yeah, that was Linder. Yes. Oh, was it? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Way to go, Linda. Um, oh, and we have a throw your phone from Lauren on TV theme songs, but we're saving it 
uh, for the end of the month because it'll be funnier out of context and we think we want to try to get Christy in here for it. Yes. Christy always has thoughts about TV theme songs. Indeed. All right, let's go then to Tuesday, number 2625, Raw, Real, and Rural. Um, I know we're trying to keep it to the big bullet points, but we really need to talk about the fact that Olive has been peeing in the attic and they aren't going to fix it. Yes, the brother-in-law has come over and he has put in whatever mesh so she can't actually get into the attic anymore. But that does not change the fact that there is cat piss soaked insulation above the roof of their house. (laughs) And I cannot believe they're just like, eh, I'm never going to go up there. But a roll of insulation is so expensive. It could could cost tens of dollars. (laughs) I am so grossed out. And then we get into the story Andrew told a little later in the show, I think, about when he was in New Hampshire and they had a completely unfinished basement. So it had a dirt floor. And he realized that the cats were just crapping in the dirt. And so he just sort of avoided it (laughs) when he went down there. I These are gross persons at this point. Well... You're leaving out the most dazzling deed, and that was the mold that was growing on the on the poop. Oh, God. <laughs> and when we drew days, I, I can't remember if you actively said you didn't want Monday or we I just did. didn't give you Monday. <laughs> I thought this was your punishment for not taking Monday. <laughs> <laughs> the Trojan horse of Tuesday. I. It's full of poop. Am I wrong? Is this one of the things that as a pet owner, I know people just get used to feces, but this is disgusting. Pee in the attic and feces in the basement. This is not normal, is it? If you're going to pee in the attic, you should at least be responsible and do it in a Gatorade bottle like the rest of us in college. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who who, has, who wants to go downstairs to the Burger King? And Christy made the point that it's not necessarily all Olive's pee, because if Olive can get into the <laughs> right. attic, other things can get into the mm. attic, too. It's not just pee cat party. pee. Maybe that's where the and Vladimir uh, Putin doll should be watching. Do we think that Olive never had to poop while she was in the attic? I mean, that's there's got to be some poop there, too, I believe. I don't know. I believe. I don't know. It all stems from the fact that she was bringing the dead bunnies into the house. So they decided to put her out at night and lock the door so she couldn't come back in to use the litter box. Mm -hmm. I don't know why she just didn't pee in the bushes like normal animals. And she just decided to go up into the attic to do it. It's like they have made so many wrong turns in this process to get to this end point. I am just disgusted. Mm Mm-hmm. You saw I, it coming, and saw it coming. I will say another another segment. Not that not that we've done this or did this, but as someone who recently sold a house, I will say you do reach a point with some projects where you just stop looking at it and you just say, "This is not my problem, and I don't want to know what there might be behind that wall." Mm-hmm. If you look behind that wall, this is sort of like when you buy a house with old electric. It's fine until you look <laughs> right. at it. Right. Just right. don't look at it. And don't have any anyone take a look at it either. Because the minute and you look at it, any information to you, and, with, and you know about it, yeah, you're liable. There's a there's a willful ignorance that can go a long way with homeownership. So what did you find? La 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 la. Don't tell me. I need plausible deniability on this. Definitely not a crack by the toilet. That's for sure. I can't. I'm still looking forward to seeing Mike's crack. By the way. 
Oh, God. Can we get on to Kyle? I'll take some pictures uh, of it. It's getting fixed uh, this week. Oh, excellent. So, we'll do a little before and, th- and after. Thursday's the first day. I'm going to be there all morning with those people. I forget. Was, was there any slabjacking involved? Uh, no, it's not severe enough. We won't, we're not going to get any slabjacking. Okay. Just I mean, amateur slabjacking every night, but right. well, that's, no professional yeah. slabjacking on the house. Right. Hmm. I would have thought you were a professional by now. Uh, well, I'm probably a top-ranked amateur like Bobby Jones <laughs> in golf. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't accept the prize money. You put in your 10,000 hours, but you don't want to lose your amateur status. No, I don't. Let's go to some top stories, shall we? <laughs> three, count them, three top stories for the day. They're so proud of themselves. Uh, the first one I thought was funny was that the country of Swaziland is changing its name to Eswatini because people were getting it confused with Switzerland. I, I mean, obviously, because Swaziland is in Africa and Switzerland is about as white as you can get. So clearly there would be some confusion there. Now, now they just sound like a, a happy hour item at, at Trudy's Mexican Cafe. Like, could, could could we get a couple of Eswatinis over here? See, I thought no it was salt. like when you buy a car charger from Apple, and that's the Swaziland brand. And then when you buy a car charger from the right. Mini Mart, and it's an Eswatini. Me start smoking when you plug it into the. Dash. Well, it's not inconceivable that people would make this mistake, right? Because I used to have people ask me when I would say that I lived in Switzerland, they would say, what language do they speak there? Swedish? And I'm like, well, no, because that's a different country. But people are stupid. I mean, did you know, I think there are 55 countries in Africa and some of them, I... You never hear about them in the news. The only reason that I know them is because I did this world trivia thing where I had to learn the flags of all the countries. And I was like, Kiribati, never heard of it. That's a country? So I guess there are plenty of people in this world who are unaware of the existence of a country named Swaziland. Can I be mad at them for getting confused then? I mean, I think I can, but I don't know. Well, it doesn't sound like Switzerland. Yeah. Well, no, except for the SW. And the and land, you're, 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 it's it's more of a poor boy than a poor boy because you, it's Swaziland and not Switzerland. Mm-hmm. This is just, just this is just a yellow pages ploy. This is like being AAA plumbing. They just wanted to move up. They got sick of waiting all the way until the S's at the Olympic opening ceremonies. They should put a number up front or like AAA <laughs> country or A one Swatini. But it is interesting to think that the king of Swaziland slash Eswatini can just do this because he is an absolute monarch. He doesn't have to ask anybody's permission. He doesn't even have to make a show of working through with some legislature or anything. He's just like, yeah, I'm changing the name of my country. That's power. Can you imagine his his administrative assistant, you know, this guy makes this decision. And he, do you know how much work you're making for me right now with this true Eswatini? Do you suppose they have currency? Of course they must have currency there. Does oh, that all have to it's get changed? It's going to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. We went to the, we tried to go to the DMV yesterday. There's only one branch out here that's open on Saturdays. And they have uh, like a, a light, they're in a strip mall and they have a sign, a lit up sign that says, you know, County Auto Bureau. And then under that, on the light up sign, it says County Clerk. And then after the words County Clerk, somebody has taken duct tape and just taped over the name of the old County Clerk. 
<laughs> oh, no. That's one way to do it. Because this is the same problem, right? Like, why would you make an expensive sign with a name on it that's going to change every few years? Right. Well, it looks like the Swaziland currency is called the Lilangeni. And if I look at a picture of it, it says Central Bank of Swaziland on every single mm. note. So either they're going to have to change that or just use the old ones for a long time, I guess. Every government intern has now been tasked with a pack of Sharpies, like a Chinese food <laughs> menu with a place that changed its hours. We just turn turn one in at the club for a free Eswatini and we collect them all. Well, we'll see if this actually happens. I mean, I, I'm skeptical because I really the idea of absolute power in that way is just so strange to me that if it actually happens that it, it'll be it'll be interesting i just see christy in the meeting barely being able to contain her rage when the, when the king when the king says tell you what someone asked me if the, if i was from switzerland the other day and i hated it so we got to change everything i had a frat guy ask me once Oh, Switzerland. Is, that's the country where the girls all have, like, blonde hair and really big boobs, right? And I was like, all right. Frat guys, off the list. <laughs> that's what did it? Ouch. Well, Ouch. I was. they were barely hanging on at that point, and that just pushed them off the ledge. <laughs> but it's not like you're being mistaken for a shitty-ass country, you know? It's not like it's uh, a shithole country, as 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 Trump would put it. True. It's a great country, cool country. Mm -hmm. uh, go ahead and mistake me for that. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, aren't you, uh, aren't you, uh, um, Robert Redford? Okay, I'll take it. Sure, I'm Robert Redford. <laughs> if Robert Redford had vault of Nazi gold and stolen artwork, sure. <laughs> okay, they did a couple. They they did a few bad things. In general, they have a good reputation. Yes, they do. Chocolate they, and watches. Switzerland just stays out of it. They're not interested. They're, they're not in the EU. They just do their own thing. They're like, no, we're just not joiners. Thanks, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, let's move on to fajitas. This was a good story, I thought, about uh, this secret secondary market for fajitas that's so huge, apparently. I forgot to write down where this story happened, but... Uh, Luke just casts this as sort of common workplace graft, but this was the guy that stole $1.2 million worth of frozen fajitas that he ordered for a juvie facility that doesn't actually sell fajitas that he then sold off to his quote-unquote customers. Yeah. I, I wasn't following that well. It didn't seem to be a very well-written article. I think it was a sm small town Texas, so that was the hard part to get past well, he must have had some sort of a distribution system greater than his town i would think yeah and unless it's been happening for so long it just piles piles up to 1.2 million but how could he be the the fajita guy like is he just i mean what do you do with with mediocre quality frozen fajitas i mean i'm just thinking about i'm mm -hmm. assuming that's what they were is like heat and serve food yeah, service cafeteria, cafeteria style mm -hmm. FSA, right? What is the secondary market? For? I mean, you you know food service. Like, who's buying enough of those to make a dent? It's yeah. It 
I, I would only think he was reselling them to, um, to, uh, to industrial facilities. Right, like a like a factory with a cafeteria, or yeah, prison, prob- or it would have to be non-government though, or, or else that would get really complicated. Because if they if they're frozen fajitas are not delicious, and nobody wants to go to a fajita or taco truck and get some fajitas that have been frozen. People the people will vote with their legs if they have them. You know? <laughs> Just another way you've been disenfranchised. Yeah. All right. Well, now I'm questioning the choice of fajitas in general. I mean, he clearly picked them specifically because if they didn't even stock them, or however you say it, at the juvenile facility, then he had to make a conscious choice that this is what he wanted to steal. So why would you pick something like fajitas? Why wouldn't you pick something like a taquito that wouldn't have the onions and peppers and stuff falling out of it? You want something that's like rolled up or burritos or something. Yeah. Although I know we are an anti-burrito podcast here. They should. <laughs> I do. I do dislike burritos. Um, they should make him do his time in that juvie facility and make him explain to the other inmates why they got El Rancho stew every Wednesday <laughs> night instead of fajitas. Because some of those kids are going to be a little pissed off about that. Yeah, I just this this. Uh... There are more sizzling questions than answers. (laughs) Yes. I'm fairly certain there was no sizzling with these fajitas. Not like the Applebee's commercial where everybody cranes their neck at the sound of the fajitas going by. It is cool when you're in a restaurant and you hear the the food. Mm -hmm. Is that going to set off the smoke detector? No, we do this every day, sir. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's go on to the subject of David Copperfield. I don't understand why anybody cares about David Copperfield anymore. Uh, He had great hair in the 80s and 90s, and as far as I'm concerned, he hasn't done anything since then. But he's in court, and he's being forced to reveal this lucky 13 magic trick uh, where he takes 13 people out of the audience and makes them disappear or whatever. I was so uninterested in the details. And somebody... um, got hurt because they tripped in the dark going down the secret passageway under the stage that he'd built. Well, of course it was a secret passageway. Yeah. It turns out the trick, the explanation of the trick was like exactly how everyone in the, in the hall, you know, felt when the people came up front, Oh, they were gone for about two or three minutes. Yeah. And then that's about the right amount of time to run down a tunnel and come up the back. Right. Now, how will anybody ever believe that David Copperfield can do real magic anymore? Yeah. How do you put the Statue of Liberty back? That's what I want to know. <laughs> day laborers. Just a right. lot of day laborers. I don't know. I've never been fascinated by magicians at all. I'm not no, quite sure um, what the culture is that makes some people really really get into it i've never been into magicians and i've never been into like daredevil types the list is growing i am more impressed with the guy who made 1.2 million dollars of fajitas disappear than i am with the guy who made the statue (laughs) of liberty disappear (laughs) because it's just i don't know after you're eight you can't possibly believe that any of this stuff is true anymore Right. right Right, and it, my the it's like 
Pat, why I don't go to horror movies? Because what if it works? Then I'm scared. Well, why am I watching a magic trick? Because the only thing is going to happen is if I can't if I can't figure out in my head how it worked. Now I'm mad. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because I know it, it's not real, but I can't figure it out. So now I'm mad. The best magician is going to make me mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I see the value in stuff like sleight of hand and things yeah. that have to do with coordination and kind of trickery. But where you dig a secret passage or use mirrors, that's just boring. There's no skill mm-hmm. in that. That's just trickery. I would rather see El Ropo. Or they, they take the revolving restaurant base and, and move it around so that it feels like you still are looking at the Statue of Liberty, but you're not. Yeah. Don't you think that people could have figured that one out? If you're looking from a dis- different perspective, yeah. that somebody would be like, huh, I guess the Brooklyn Bridge is over. I don't know. I've never been to New York. I don't know what the geography is, but wasn't You've never that been over to New York, here, right? No, I had. Well, I mean, if we count the airport... I've been to New York. No, I don't have I've never even been to the airport in New York, so I'm with you. We I've just never had any I've never had any reason to. I don't know. I mean on one hand I hate New York City, uh, because it just it smells like Luke's attic and uh <laughs> you know, it's just congestion and and life is just harder there. Everything is more complicated than it needs to be. But, you know, for a couple of days, there's there's stuff to see. I mean... After a while, you don't smell the bum piss anymore. Exactly. <laughs> you just get used to it. You just wall over it. Don't ask any questions. Don't let the cat back in. I would love to go to New York City, but it's just like it's so far down the list compared to other places that I want to go. You know, I just never think about it. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. But, so I guess I have to go there so that I can see how people would be tricked into thinking the Statue of Liberty disappeared <laughs> when it was just in a slightly different spot. Come to America City and find out why we're dumb. Okay. I would sue I would sue him over that before I'd sue him over this this Lucky 13 trick because what what if you lived in New York City and then you you suffered that illusion and now you have problems with your um statue permanence you know right. you, you feel insecure yes. about monument permanence and any other major objects might shift position i just don't trust the washington monument anymore i've been i've been fooled before we've been watching a lot of x-files reruns lately and i can definitely see this as a plot line right yeah right uh sam and i saw Penn and teller a few years ago in vegas because it's just a thing you're supposed to do and the magic, I really couldn't care that much less about. Yeah. I'm impressed with their skills as presenters and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, the the pageantry and the theatrics of the whole thing. That interested me. Um, the actual magic and the libertarian politics, not so much. But the, uh, you know, the, the whole to-do is interesting as a package. But, yeah, when it's on TV, why would you... You're getting a limited amount of information, so that just baffles me. Why would you care? I guess at least live you can sort of puzzle it out in person and you're getting a fuller picture. Yeah, agreed. I don't see any reason to watch magic spectacles on TV. Yeah. Because you just have no idea what's going on. All right, let's finish up Tuesday with this voicemail from Eric, who is the famous, infamous, within TVTL circles, creator of the Oops the Dirty Monster cartoon. 
And Eric says he's been working on another TBTL cartoon for a while, but now that Luke and Andrew have gone out of their way to deprecate um, training videos, which is Eric's day job, creating training videos, he's decided that he's going to make a revenge cartoon against them. And I am delighted. I can hardly wait to see this revenge cartoon. <laughs> All right. I think it's going to be great. And uh, Luke says that this is the moment that Eric became the bad guy of TBTL. So I'm loving this. I think it's great. In what Eric said, in eight to nine months, we can expect a revenge cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've I've made uh, training videos in my life, and uh, I've made some good ones, and I've made some terrible ones. It's all about resources, people. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were right to talk about how um, actors convicted of crime should be sentenced to acting in training videos to up the quality or the writers as well. You know, if, if my, my friend Dave, if he ever commits a felony, um, he should be sentenced to writing the, the, uh, videos. Mm-hmm. Let's use our resources, people. Yeah. We just have to up the quality of those training videos that everybody hates watching <laughs> because then people will magically like watching them. Um, well the sexual harassment ones are usually fun. I think. Yeah, because it gives you ideas. <laughs> right? That's true. Up my boorish game. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, I guess there's no way to uh, avoid it any longer. Wednesday, 26-26. Wheels up, glasses off. Um, Luke's going to play a, a rerun of uh, show 1831, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... Uh, Andrew is gone, and uh, one of one of Luke's friends has passed away. Luke and Andrew's friends. Uh, I I'm, I'll say it here, even though um, Luke doesn't say it till Thursday. Um, man's name is Jason Newman. He was on Stack of Dimes, not regularly, but um, he would more up. than a two or three times, and yeah. and so I knew him from there. There, um, and dug up a clip of them talking about Newman um in a happier time I guess mm-hmm. and uh why don't we fire that in uh right here I want to do a quick I wish we could do a quick rundown of some of the Newmanisms you you've got candy anytime yeah. you're gambling on something that's candy you're putting a little candy on something yeah um uh he 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 talks about firing firing things in a lot but in a way that I've never heard before, but I kind of love. Like, he'll be like, "Oh yeah, well, why don't we fire in some tacos?" I guess that just means have some tacos. Uh huh. So in that case, it's like kind of firing it into your mouth or firing it into yeah. your body. Well, okay. one of the things he likes to say too, whenever if we are getting some particularly bad for us food, he'll often be heard. Uh, he'll he'll often uh, uh, you can hear him remark, uh, "You know what? I just take that. I just dump it right in the toilet. Just <laughs> just save everybody time." Just, so, just fire that right in. Fire that right it, into the toilet. His body is less of a temple and more <laughs> of a commode. Uh, he, by the way, texted. I love that we're just going to talk now for about 10 minutes at the top of the oh, show. Oh, yeah, by the person. way. Yeah. Newman's a guy we know, Yeah, by Newman, the way. And it's not Wayne Knight from Seinfeld. No. Although I did once see Wayne Knight from very far away when I was on the um, – a Warner Brothers or CBS lot or one of those in, in L.A. And I was, you know, pretty starstruck. Um, but no, uh, Newman 
Because, you know, uh, in Seattle, it's a Seafair weekend, so the Blue Angels yeah. are practicing. By the way, we need to talk about it either on the show or off the show about what the plan is for tomorrow. Because I had the bright idea to go out in my little boat and sit under the Jets that are practicing and talk to you down the line on the phone and record the show that way. And maybe you go somewhere interesting in Los Angeles. Are you, are you up for that? Yeah, that, that's fine. Uh, that's fine with me. I don't... Um, I don't really have a reason to necessarily leave my little studio here, but other than it would just be kind of fun. And also, I'll probably be kind of jealous of your location, so it might be nice to get out of this little hot box. Is that something that Newman says also, get out of the hot box? Well, I know he, he does hot that? box occasionally. I don't know if he calls it a hot box. He texted us this morning. Uh, he, he had a work thing um, where everybody from his accounting firm, they rented a boat to go out on the water and watch the seafarer. Um, the Blue Angels practicing for their big seafare performance. And I got this text at like 7 this morning. He's like, three drinks in, country music blasting, uh, yeehaw, or something. I could actually find the exact, the exact text. It was, uh, it was uh, classic Newman at, uh, at uh, let's see here. Yeah, like 7 in the morning. Oh, he said, see, he was he already said, I've, winking list- at she I've listed at you point. all as my emergency contacts. <laughs> classic Newman. I've definitely adopted um, firing things straight into the trash. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> uh, I probably picked up more of my slang from Stack of Dimes than TBTL. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Uh, sprinkle some candy on it. Hard lock the system. Those are new Yeah, they didn't bring that one up. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's one that... <laughs> and uh, yeah, so... It was it was sad. Um, Luke was obviously really raw on Wednesday. Uh, I don't know if y'all have any um, profound stories of loss to share here, but you know I'm not going to recap the 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 rerun episode. This was this was my unlike Anne who had an unlucky week on the draw. I chose the host and coast since I hadn't hosted in a while. And that means I take Wednesday. And then, of course, there's no show really on Wednesday. So I really did nothing, which was my dream. <laughs> um, did absolutely nothing you, this you, week. But... You kind of pulled the Terry Gross on the week. I sure did. Yeah, somebody died. And I'm like, my chair was spinning and I was out the door. I was at the beach. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll share a story of loss that <clears throat> I may have told sometime way in the past. I know I've talked about um losing my mom and and what that was like. But the story I'll tell today is of uh, my friend Jack, my dog Jack. When I met Emily, she had uh, Frank and Jack and their brothers, um, some sort of uh, uh, boxer pit bull mixes. Um, Jack had the body of a boxer and the blue-eyed face of a pit bull. He had such beautiful blue eyes. and he was kind of a nervous guy. He he liked everything to be just so. He wanted every day to be the same. Um, Emily wasn't the right owner for Jack because she, you know, she's not like me. She's not boring. She doesn't do the same things, the same times every day, you know. And she couldn't get a handle on walking walking these guys because when you would try to walk them, they would they would act as if they were on a hunt, which, um when you when you're talking about a 70 pound super strong dog uh or two uh it's it's problematic but 
since I'm stronger than Emily and I'm and I do more of the same things every day, I would start I started taking the dogs for a walk in the morning and a walk at night. And it was really hard because especially Jack, he would choke himself. You know, we tried all these different things to try to keep him from choking himself, but he would be having trouble breathing and be hoarse. And I almost gave up walking and he fi- but he finally figured it out. So he started getting all this exercise and I started just <clears throat> because he'd be nervous if he got up really close to his face or whatever. So I would just start holding his, his, his head in my hands and just talking to him and he would nervously try to lick me, but I, I knew it was just a nervous thing. So I wouldn't just let him get away with that and run and, and running away. So I spent a lot of time getting, getting with Jack and getting into his soul and, and, uh, he really appreciated that I did the same things the same times every day. Um, we, one night, <laughs> he he was wearing a cone, and sometimes a dove would somehow get into our enclosed back porch through some hole in the wire, kind of like Olive does. And a dove got in there, and he ran out onto the porch, and as he had done before, he pinned the dove to the side of the porch with his cone and got it in his mouth, and then he ran out into the yard with it. And I was chasing him around trying to get it out of his mouth, because the dove was dead by now, but I was didn't want him to eat it. So I tried to rip it out of his mouth. Um, some organs fell out. Uh, Abby was running behind me, and she ate the dove's heart, which was amazing. <laughs> God. And uh, Jack ended up, because he didn't want to give it to me, he just swallowed it. A dove. It was a big bird. And he swallowed it. Whole except for the heart and maybe a couple other things that Abby snacked on as we ran around like crazy in the yard. Uh, so we we're right then we're on like, well, let's wait and see what happens to, the, you know, to him. If he starts to feel sick, we got to take him to the vet right away. Uh, the next day he was fine, but the day after that, he parked himself under our uh, picnic table outside and wouldn't, wouldn't come out, you know, uh, how dogs can be, if they're feeling miserable, they don't, they don't want you around. Like the, the the worst way to phrase it is like, they go want to crawl away and die. Like, so I could tell he'd never acted like, like this. I knew he felt awful. And I've tried to coax him out, and he wouldn't come out. And I was just about to flip the picnic table over. Emily had left town for the week, so it was just me. I was about to flip the picnic table over and just scoop him up and take him to the vet when he he did. He came out. And so I I took him to the vet, and they they took pictures, and they were like, uh, well, the dove is going to pass, but he has, he has um, I can't even remember all the details of it, but he had some sort of tumor attached to his heart and lungs that would only they they said you could go to Texas A&M and get some experimental surgery but he'll probably pass away during the surgery or you could just you know let him live his best life for however long whether it's a week or a a year because this thing's gonna you know it's gonna end him so he was at the time he was on some stupid diet because he didn't have great kidneys or something and he hated it and he was getting way too skinny and they said, oh, you can let him eat whatever he wants now. So it was like, because that isn't going to kill him as fast as this tumor is. So he he had like a whole nother good year, 10 months to a year, I think. And one night I was at work and Emily called and said, you got to 
you got to come home right away. She'd been walking him, and he just went down. He was dead. Some people uh, helped helped her get him back to our garage because we were going to take him to the vet, you know, where they take care of this. Um, so I got home, and we we got him in the back of our uh, back of our van or car, whatever we had. And we took him to the vet, the emergency vet, and <clears throat> while Emily was in explaining what was happening, <clears throat> and I was getting Jack out of the back, he'd always been really stiff, you know, he, like he wouldn't accept your hugs. You'd put your arms around him, or you'd 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 want to really get in and give him some good pets, and he was he was just nervous and stiff. But When I hugged him that last time, he was warm and and, and giving, and it was so great to held him and held him comfortably for one last time. And that's why you don't get get animals, and don't ever do it. It'll break your heart every goddamn time. So they fired him right into the <clears throat> fire. <laughs> Got some ashes. Oh my goodness. It's been weeks since you cried on the show, you bastard. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you, Mike. And this is why, even when I'm mad at you, I still like you. Because <laughs> I love a big old dog. Mm-hmm. I'm even more glad now that, like Luke, I had not suffered loss, and uh, I, I don't have a good story. I just don't. Um, hopefully, Nora McInerney won't jinx me too uh, uh the death curse but uh yeah thank that you. was weird time thank you mike you're welcome i had a couple of notes from the rerun um which i did listen through and just thought it was nice that we got name checked pretty mm-hmm. intensely in the rerun i i need to listen now i need to macaulay that shit I don't know. Yeah, we got mentioned, so you have to listen. I don't know why they picked the episode they did, other than the fact that there's a passing family feud reference, but I doubt that their uh, archiving is not is good enough to have known that. I know. I, I wondered maybe if they were just picking something from the same date. It was the same month, but same not the month. same date. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I couldn't quite pin down why they would have chosen that episode. April 3rd, 2015. So it was right before, it was right when LRB started and two episodes had come out and they mentioned that I'm going to be the guest on the upcoming episode. Guest wow. lecturer, Bobby, giving his, uh, giving my oh, talk on right. cat rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they were very kind about us and also explained why they're not listening to the show, except we knew they were. <laughs> uh, and uh, that was, it was just an interesting you know, it really you really can pluck an episode of TBTL out of the blue and 
you'll, you'll you might get a good one and this is a good one so for whatever reason they picked it it was a fun one to pick um and i liked and that was why i wouldn't re-listen to episode three of our show because it was the one they plugged dots are connected yeah well um my tears are drying uh is there anything else we want to say about wednesday really he gets into the memorial on thursday so mm-hmm. maybe we should move on to that Sure. We'll go to Thursday, number 2627, Beneath the Neon Moon. I want to start out with a throw your phone that we got from Sarah Nicholsmith, who put it really nicely. She says, hug your phone for Thursday's very special episode. It made me remember what drew me to Luke and the TBTL gang all those eight years ago. You can tell that despite his flaws, he really is a great guy who deeply loves his friends and that he'd do anything for them. He made me cry and he made me laugh during his processing of what you can tell is really one of the first times he's experienced such grief. Also, now I'm just going to look at people as trees all the time. XOXO to the TBTL gang and you folks at LRB. Thank you, Sarah. I don't think we could Mm -hmm. have said that anything better. Um, So still no more. No, Andrew. And it's a short show, and Luke just spends a lot of time talking about Newman. And uh, I think this was the most appropriate thing for him to do. He spent a lot of time worrying about if he was making this too much about him. He kept saying, well, I know there are other people, his girlfriend, his family, who are grieving so much more than I am. I don't know if this is appropriate. And I think that it was entirely appropriate i mean just it's not a competition of who's the saddest or who has the right to be the saddest it's everybody can just be sad to the degree that they have and um i thought it was really nice of luke to use his platform to share really some good memories of his friend um, I don't know that I, I necessarily want to recap the things that he talked about because that seems, you know, really cheap. Me recapping Luke memorializing his friend, but talked about um, what a good guy he was and um, sort of, I guess, the the struggle he was having thinking about. Um, he said, when we're done on this planet, we're done is what he believes. And so now having to come to terms with the fact that that uh, presence in that being is just extinguished is a little bit more difficult. And I think that's why I understand why people are religious. Uh, If I could believe, I would really like to. I just can't get there. But I think it must be really comforting to know that there is a purpose and there is something next for us and that there is an overarching design. And when you don't have that, that makes it, I think, all the scarier. So he's confronting that. Oh, let's see. He talked about (laughs) the things that Newman loved, including Mountain Dew and his Kia Optima. Um, I went looking in the archives for... um, Anytime that uh, Newman was referenced on the show, which is we had that one um, clip that we're hopefully going to drop in. But I did uh, come across the show from, I think it was last summer, where Luke 
and Kamarokev and Newman were in the Kia Optima that Luke talked about heading to Lake Chelan. And it was a very funny episode. I think it was one that we were kind of pissed off at at the time because it was just after Luke had been on Wait, Wait. And we're like, really? You come back and you're on the phone from the back of a car? This was what you give all the people who may be looking you up after Wait, Wait. But uh, Newman was on that show. He was driving the Optima and was just sort of contributing a little bit to the conversation. So if people want to look that up, um, we can put that in the notes, I think. And Mm -hmm. uh, it was very funny in that Andrew asked why he wasn't invited to go along on this trip. And then they kind of fell all over themselves for about 10 minutes trying to um, justify why they hadn't asked him to go along. Um, let's see all the other great things about Newman that Luke talked about his love of really terrible music, his love of karaoke ranch dressing. I thought that would connect you to him. Mike. (laughs) Although we don't know if he liked the real stuff or maybe, you know, he just wanted the party in my mouth from Hidden Valley (laughs) Ranch. He needed 50 bucks for real bad. (laughs) So it was just a, a collection of, of lovely memories uh, of his friend, and he did bring up this quote by Ram Das that I have seen a number of tens posting on their own personal Facebook pages. So I won't reread the whole things, but the idea of looking at people as trees and not thinking that when people are annoying you or hurting you or pissing you off, it's because they're doing it with any intention, but that's just how their lives have evolved. The experiences that they've gone through have contributed to their behavior and their reaction. And we don't blame trees for the way that they grow. So we shouldn't blame people for the way that they grow. I mean, there's another layer to that. Luke was kind of backing off from this thought by the next day that, uh, we can have expectations of behavior from people and how they treat us. We don't just have to take whatever they give us. But it's a very it's right interesting to, to hate orange trees with tiny branches. Sorry, right. uh, I see. Yeah, don't feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. It's just the way he grew. He was denied sunlight from his dad. And they spend so, so much time in Florida. <laughs> but. Um, Then Luke does a little bit of regular show business, which I found refreshing. I thought it was nice to kind of move on to something a little bit more normal. Like, just life continues. He did some Blur's Day shout-outs. We got a whole bunch of good shout-outs. As much as I dislike the birthday shout-out topic, I sure did like the people who got shout-outs on this day, including including, uh, Madeline's son, August, who is the mind expert and I know Madeline listens to LRB so happy birthday to August he is a really cute kid and also our friend not middle shelf Maggie Wilsey you'll always be top shelf to us Maggie gave a shout out to her daughter Erica and then uh, Susan gave a shout out to her daughter Ruby for her birthday so all people that we know from the tens community and uh, I felt like um, it was just an affirmation of connection on a day when connection was really important. And then finally, to get into some more true TBTL topics, an email from Micah who accidentally ordered a sandwich that turned out to be called a veggie wedgie at a sandwich shop. And he really likes the sandwich and he wants to order it again, but he needs advice on how to do it without 
ever actually using this terrible name. I mean, clearly this is a sandwich that Meredith would never order. Because she would just be <laughs> yeah. like, no, we're not doing you have to. You have to lean into it. Like, like you bring your own hot sauce with you. and you know, I'm going to turn it atomic after I get this one. Mm-hmm. I think Luke's advice was like, listen, it doesn't sound like this is such a special sandwich. Whole wheat bread, mayo, veggies, just go get a similar sandwich somewhere else. But I think that that's not quite right. Um, Micah wants this sandwich at this store. And so telling him to just go to the grocery store and get a different one there is not quite answering the question. Question. Yeah. Go ahead. Is this sandwich a wedgie in the sense of the term wedgie or did they just do it because it rhymes? Because wedgie is actually a term for a type of sandwich that's very regional. Really? So you might not be aware of it. So there's a couple of things here. First, a wedge is basically just a sub or a hoagie or a grinder or whatever. It's just huh. another name for that. But a wedgie is um, kind of a calzone sandwich. It's sort of like a pizza dough half moon shape. So like it's sort of an open, it's like an open sandwich where, where pizza crust is used as the sandwich bread. And it's almost like a, like if you didn't close up a calzone, hmm. but you could still put cold fillings in it instead. Um, so a wedgie is a particular kind of sandwich. And if it's that kind of sandwich, then it's just somebody who grew up in a part of the country that has that. So like parts of New England or I think Pittsburgh is big for wedgie sandwiches, um, which is different from like the Permantes kind of sandwich with the fries shoved in it, which is the other Pittsburgh sandwich. So Basically, a wedgie is a thing. It mm-hmm. probably shouldn't be called that, but it does exist. You wash it down with a swirly? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I did just Google veggie wedgie sandwich, and it came back with 120,000 results. Yeah, so unless it's on Mike's list of words that can't be used anymore because they've been co-opted by porn, we probably just have to let it go. It's been co-opted by childhood cruelty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... In that case, then Micah's just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, Micah, but, you know, just eat the delicious sandwich. Don't let it hold you back. The server's going to say it. Even if you try to Jack Nicholson it, you know, and just start listing the ingredients, (laughs) the server's eventually going to throw it on you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just don't... Oh, the veggie wedgie. You want the wedgie. He he wants the veggie wedgie. (laughs) One veggie wedgie over here. Did you want the veggie wedgie a wheat or white? Can, can I get the veggie wedgie medium, but but medium, well, just a little over medium, just 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 medium, but um, medium you know, plus. But leave, medium. yeah, a little, leave it a little longer. <laughs> All right, uh, that'll do it for Thursday. <laughs> Welcome to Friday, twenty six, twenty eight. Nightmares wrapped in daydreams. Uh, the aforementioned Nora McInerney is back uh, from Terrible Things for Asking. She was going to be on Thursday and Friday, but given the state of Thursday, um, it's logical that she wasn't. I, yeah. It's worth noting, by the way, a rare time when Luke's solo hosting wasn't awful. Yeah, I you agree. Know, it was appropriate, I think. Um, this episode Friday is worth a listen through end to end. Um, Nora is just so delightful. And as I saw somebody wrote on the Stens page, Every guest host on TBTL is everybody's new favorite person or something like that. <laughs> um, 
so I just I pulled some of my favorite moments. Uh, one is Sad Terry, the guy the world learned how to do anesthesia on. <laughs> Uh, because uh, Andrew, apparently uh, his tongue uh, scrapey, cutty situation went well, I guess. That's the update we got. Uh, but he's still um, coming out of the anesthesia because he was put under general this time around. Uh, and Luke and Nora were, were musing about how you figured out, like who the first person was where they figured out how much was enough or not enough anesthetic. Right. Right. And that guy is Sad Terry. Oh, he flatlined. I guess that's it. I guess that we don't do that. <laughs> he's he's screaming. I guess it wasn't enough. <laughs> right. It, w- neither one of those is a great outcome. Yeah. Uh, then we get into kids programming uh, being garbage, including things like Paw Patrol, which I've heard of and I know is super popular. And sometimes Sam will come back with these notes about the things the kids are watching these days because she sees kids all day. Um, like years ago when I first learned about frozen, because 90% of her conversations with children were about frozen. Uh, then they mentioned how cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Well, straying from the book was actually very good. And Luke mentions that we know the guys who worked on that Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, uh, neighbors of Camaro Kev and thrown off the Han Solo movie project. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think, Whenever I see children's programming on television, which isn't a lot these days since I don't have cable and everything that they have on the regular networks, they always have to have that educational component to it. So it's mm-hmm. all kind of BS anyway. I always look at it and I think, God, it's this is so terrible compared to what I had when I was a kid. But then I think about what I actually watched. That was pretty terrible, too. You know, mm-hmm. I'm watching, I don't know what I watched, He-Man and G.I. Joe and the gem cartoon that Luke loves to reference so much. That stuff was shady. So I don't know that kids programming today can possibly be any worse than the previous generations. Power Rangers. <laughs> Power Rangers I, I grew up hilarious. in the era of Power Rangers. <laughs> Where we're just going to drop in English speaking actors for the non-action scenes. I watched a few of those with my brother, and by a few, I mean hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was t- telling Sam yesterday, I didn't really have, like, I didn't play video games. I didn't have a ton of toys. I didn't, I just, I missed whole swaths of childhood culture. I watched The Simpsons because we liked The Simpsons. I watched Star Trek The Next Generation with my mother. Um, I, I don't know. I was an outdoor kid. Uh, I didn't really want to be in the house cooped up. So whenever possible, I was just outside trying to start fires or breaking things. Those were my toys. That was my TV, my kids programming. I didn't watch a lot of, like I watched PBS. So I watched a lot of, uh, you know, Sesame street and stuff like that when I was very little. And then I watched a lot of cooking shows and woodworking in this old house. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The new Yankee workshop. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Sesame Street was really the only one that um, that I watched when I was a kid. There was a show called Captain Kangaroo, which I knew, even as a child, was horrible. Uh, the Electric Company creeped me out because yeah. of the lighting and the way they spoke really softly. And speaking of speaking softly, um, Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. I just knew when I was a kid, I mean, you act like a real person. This is weird. You're acting weird. 
So what? Sesame Street was really kind of it for me. Mr. Rogers is not weird. I like he's Mr. Just, Rogers. I he's always just got... too. I mean, he wasn't like the adults that I knew. Ah, you know? there we go. <laughs> I used to get kind of stressed out watching Mr. Rogers because when he would come in and sing the song when he was changing his uh, into his cardigan and his tennis shoes, I was always really, really worried that he wouldn't be finished changing by the time he got to the end of the song. So I was like, come on, come on, tie that shoelace faster. He's a pro. Yep. He always hit the post. <laughs> Forget garbage and newspapers and had Mr. Rogers anxiety. I had anxiety about a lot of things. I am thinking that I, given that I spent a lot of my childhood in Europe, I did watch a few weird European TV shows. And I was just thinking about Emu's Pink Windmill. Um which I can't even describe. There's been some clips from that that go around the internet every once in a while, but this this weird guy with his weird emu puppet and a weird witch, and I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have brought this up. It's so weird, but... (laughs) I'm resentful, still resentful of Captain Kangaroo because I think through most of high school, that was my haircut, and it was not a flattering (laughs) look. But did you have the mustache? No, I <clears throat> I couldn't grow facial hair till I was in college. So yeah, I did not have the Captain Kangaroo mustache. I, that really would have completed the look. I'm sorry. I googled Emu's pink windmill, and I am just yeah, you did disturbed by the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> this is creepier than Putin staring at me from across the room. Uh huh. Uh, I know what the show picture is going to be now. It's going to be this ridiculous setup and you're gonna have to be the one to explain it to everyone so (laughs) throw your phones at Anne, please and we'll do it at the end of the month oh my god that putin thing is way creepier than i imagined (laughs) it's just the (laughs) angles perfect right oh my god which one do we use for the show picture we can use putin for the show picture and then talk about the emu one i don't know well i'll figure it out later um nora mentions that she has a blood rag in her car quote unquote that's for, not weird at all. For when people start bleeding. <laughs> Wait, um, she the wolf? I mean, yeah, I like I keep I keep an ample amount of paper towels and tissues and napkins in my car, but I never thought to just go keep a straight up like cotton rag. Mm. And it gets laundered bad, and replaced. Bad form. That's like that's like using the towels at a hotel. You don't do that. Well, that's like, yeah, it's actually for pizza. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's like having a handkerchief, except it's not in your pocket. It's in your car, and it's called a blood rag. And it has right. a booger underneath it. Yeah. Well, I yeah. am fine with this as long as the blood rag gets laundered frequently. But if this is just some old rag that lives in the car forever, filled with encrusted boogers, then we're going to have to make some changes. Well, I think the argument mm. is it gets laundered, except in practice, clearly it hadn't been. Yes. So that's something that we need to reckon with. Uh, it turns out that Nora is from a marketing family, just like uh, Carrie, the copywriter for Mod Pizza. Nora's father wrote infomercials, which I could talk about for days. Um, Total Jim, Chuck Norris, a bunch of those other ab things. Golf, and Luke mentions that uh, he was in that golf pride golf clips infomercial ages ago and Nora thinks her father may have worked on it so this could be a small world colliding moment 
I'd like to see that video. Does he golf in this thing? I don't know. I don't think he's a golfer. I don't think I've ever so tried to track be it down. So now I'm trying to put together Luke's ad portfolio, right? Because he's got the golf whatever. He was in those tennis racket commercials. Right. He's got the beer commercial. So I'm starting to build this picture of how advertising casting executives must think of him. He is attractive. He He's a... He's an ideal avatar for your dad. Ah. Right? He's not your yeah, dad. Pancake dad. But he's mm-hmm. he's who your dad wants to be. He's that that picture of Stu holding the Bud Light. <laughs> yes. That version of Stu wants to be Luke. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Getting to a conversation about Taylor Swift. Lyrics, eras, music, etc. Hence the title, Nightmares Wrapped in Daydreams. Um, I like Taylor Swift. I don't like the most recent iteration of Taylor Swift. That's pretty much the end of my commentary on Taylor Swift. Uh, Nora thought that Stu's full name was Randall Stewart because of his Twitter handle. And why wouldn't she? (laughs) It does make you wonder about the balls part. (laughs) Randall Balls Stewart. (laughs) Well, I think she just she her brain canceled out the B because it didn't make any sense. So she was just saying Randall Stew. Oh sure. Sure. Uh then we get a conversation of petty crimes, the story of Nora's life, including the signs that she has made hold up in the car. So when people cut her off or are driving like assholes, she can tell them with a sign. Wow. I just think that's going to come back to bite you at some point whether it's actually or karmically or in texas yeah that's what right. i was thinking like this is this is a road rage instigation <laughs> not you know waiting to happen at least you got a blood rag ready at the ready <laughs> once you've been shot uh top story uh what's his name from 538 says we need a halfway exclamation point because i'm this- into it really I am. Yeah. Because I agree. I I fall victim to that thing that happens to women where if you just use a period, people are like, Why are you so angry? But then you use an excited mark and then I feel like an idiot. I'm like, why am I going through and putting exclamation points all through my emails like I'm a damn seventh grader? Yeah, hmm. we need a half exclamation. Mm-hmm. Half exclamation. <laughs> or we could even call it a slightly excited mark. Mm-hmm. as a i don't know i as a copy editor or trained as a copy editor it just makes me mad that people don't use the language and the tools of the language correctly if if we i want to change society instead of changing the language to fit the society i realize now that i say that out loud that's not the right course of action because it won't work but like mm-hmm. this is like giving into the people who say literally and mean figuratively I will never give in to those people. I guess we just need a new word for literally because now literally means figuratively. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, there's no winners here. But sure, yeah, you want to make I'll die of- on that hill with you, Ann. <laughs> you want to make half We can go back point? to back like Charlie's Angels with our guns drawn. Absolutely. Fine. Uh, music for your weekend. Although during music for your weekend, some unexpected commentary that Nora's been going to church, Lutheran church recently. It's... It's the Twin Cities. It's Minnesota. So, of course, she's Lutheran, right? 
It's all yeah. different. Well, isn't she it? talked about growing up Catholic. Yeah. But now she's trying Lutheranism. I think that's sensible. Catholic Church is brutal. I think I mean, that if you if you're going from the Catholic Church to a Lutheran church, of course it feels like a breath of fresh air. It feels great, yeah. <laughs> Even though it still sucks because it's church, you're like, oh, this isn't nearly as bad as the church I was forced to go yeah. to as a child. And then there's the note that both she and uh, her producer thought that the email line about thinking of the environment before you print this was a warning that someone else might pull off your printing off the printer. I never considered that. <laughs> Me neither, especially because there's usually <laughs> a little icon of a tree or something next to mm-hmm. it. Music for you weekend. Nora brings the dream uh, F-I-L-A, Fila. Luke brings Paul McCartney and Wings, Let Me Roll It, for some ungodly reason. Oh, Luke. (sighs) Come on. You know why? Because this is what some guy is listening to while an infomercial featuring Luke holding a fucking putter is on mute. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's just channeling his P1s. And then Hillary, Hillif, brings Casey Musgraves' Butterflies, which is a perfectly fine pop country song. I know she'd been trying on that, so she finally got her music for your weekend in. On to housekeeping. Housekeeping? Yes, yeah, I can't. I keep trying, but I keep failing. Uh, buy stuff from us at uh, littlebybandwagon.com, or as, for some reason, this run sheet has it as 10710.com slash shop. That will also work. Hmm. Let us know you'd like to archive. Really? We say this every week. Um mm-hmm. But uh, in all sincerity, I went back and listened to an old episode of ours, and I was delighted. I went back because it was given to us. I listened to a rerun of TBTL this week, and I was delighted. If you've got a little extra time, you could find many worse ways to spend it than listening to some old episodes of TBTL, taking some notes, and putting it in the system so that we've got them. It's good for everyone, and uh, I think you'll like it. And if you have a, a desk job and perhaps you occasionally run low on things to do, then it can be an excellent way to fill your time. Not that I and you am look busy because with any... Be... Right. I'm not <laughs> speaking with any particular specific person in mind for that. Yeah. Let someone else pay you to do our work. <laughs> nice. On Amazon, you can buy things. You probably already knew that. What you might not have known is if you do it through the link, littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon, we get pennies from Amazon for referring you as if you had never heard of Amazon before. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, do that if you're listening this far into the show i'm sure you're well aware of all these things and it's helping i we reviewed our financials last week and i was like hey yeah this is helping us we're only minorly in the red on things like hosting uh and equipment because of things like amazon and buying merch from us Mm -hmm. so thanks guys uh and earbuds and earworms this week is about trees apropos all right so there you go how to get involved with us go to littleredbandwagon.com or if you just want to dash off a, a quick throw your phone or hug your phone, go to throwyourphone.com. Visit our Facebook page. Uh, show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. You can voicemail us or text us at 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. And with that, Vladimir, uh, I mean Bobby... <laughs> Why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, there will be no parties. Whoa.
<laughs> we must we must crush party. We must crush that. Uh, we love you, Jen. Nailed it. Yeah, I love the trombone. I used to play the trombone, but I think my parents made me stop because really? it sounded like farts. Yeah. <laughs>